and go, oh, oh, okay, listen to the podcast now. That's usually what you do. <laughs> I mean, I got all that, so <laughs> preparedness, right? <laughs> but uh, anyway, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Traveling Hoopers podcast. I am your host, Alan Pettigrew, and in front of me are two of my favorite people in the world, Calvin and Philip. Guys, go ahead and introduce yourselves. What's up, everybody? Per the usual, I'm Calvin McGowan. As always, it's a pleasure to, you know, be on the podcast once again. So, oh, what's up, everybody? Philip Dixon, aka LeBron, got complex handshakes, uh, and uh, you know, once again, great, great to be on the podcast. Hey, I'm just glad I, I get to be friends with a person that I can uh, affectionately call LeBron has complex handshakes. That's <laughs> That's the thing like, we've been doing since like 2007, and we go way back with it. Weird. Yeah, no, but did you see that like video? I mean, it, it was like a year or two ago when he like went back to an old teammate that he hadn't been on a team with in like years, and like they did the exact same handshake they had like four or five years prior. I'm like, you just remember handshakes like that? Like, and his handshakes be like, boom, boom, one, two. Uh, salute, turn around, jump shot. Oh, oh, we slide back in. All right, let me grab your forearm, slide it back. Uh, I'm like, what you? I'm like, come on now, relax. You know darn well they're hopping on FaceTime the night before the practice session, so they don't look bad. <laughs> Low key though, if you was LeBron team, if you was LeBron's teammate, wouldn't you too? <laughs> LeBron come for a handshake. I'm like, okay, cool. I guess I better practice tonight. You and you in the you in the mirror <laughs> doing your own thing. Come on, now. I'm right. definitely doing that. Low key. Nah, I just be out here, Josh Harden, bro. You remember when everybody used to die in Josh Hart? To leave him hanging? He over okay. here. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Josh Hart, though, man. Like, you're not a generational talent. Ain't no one going to remember you outside this generation. But, uh, but uh, and you hurt right now, too. So. Let's get into some happier topics. <laughs> 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 so. <laughs> I'll make it real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, the league is full of injuries, so they're not our normal fun storylines. So we have to talk about fun things, like how Zion talked about how he would like to, <clears throat> his second place, his second favorite place to play in the league is New York. And now we have to talk about the Knicks, because apparently that is a thing that we have to do anytime the Knicks are mentioned. I don't. I get that they are better than they have been in recent years. This is what? Playoff contention for the first time since the mellow years almost 10 years ago? I -hmm. don't care yet. Like, they have to do something else for me to, like, make the playoffs personally. Can you think of of any other franchise in sports that is as annoying as the Knicks? Like, the Knicks are as annoying as, like, any winning team. The Patriots, the Lakers, the Yankees, but don't win. Like the fan base is that annoying, but they I they haven't won in my lifetime. Mm. Can you think of any other franchise in sports who does that? Because that's ridiculous. Cowboys. You got a point. You got, you got a point. Cowboys, Cowboys, and that's that's also not good. But but even but the Cowboys, no, the Cowboys didn't even make the playoffs for the first time until like five six years ago. Yeah, you're right. The Cowboys and the Knicks are the worst fan bases in sports. So does that does that then make you a good fan base though? If your team is still lively during that, like you you gotta like what is where's the support I, coming from? So I think that the part of the frustration with 
like in the the fan bases for like the Knicks or like the Lakers, like not to the same extent because like you know the Lakers have been good multiple times, um, or like the Cowboys is it like you? It, it's just like they it's the, it feels like as a like as a fan base relative to the fan bases they feel like they have some sort of entitlement to success like like with you know lakers fans on like basically everywhere saying they're gonna get every big name free agent also the knicks doing that too kind of but or like being like hey you know what if this person goes to new york but like but also with like the zion thing it's i feel like it's kind of a non-story just because like everybody likes to play at the garden like jordan's favorite place to play was at the garden it's this not kind of an on-story. Look, it's, about not, playing at the garden. it's not kind of an on story. It's a non-story. Like we should not be talking about the Knicks to this level. Cause as Ella mentioned before the podcast started, ESPN might as well have been Nick Day. Ooh, it's Knickerbocker Day. There ain't nobody trying to talk and listen to the Knicks all day. Julius Randall cool, right? He's having a great year. But every so often, you'll find that one person having a great year on a, you know, traditionally bad team, and all of a sudden, you hear a lot about them. But then when it comes to the Knicks, all of a sudden, this guy trans, this guy, Jesus Christ, he might as well be walking on water. <laughs> I'm like, this is crazy. Like, and then it's like, and then, is it bad that every single time something comes up, like, uh, Julius Reynolds, the first Nick to do this since uh, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, because he ain't had nobody. <laughs> they ain't impressive. Walt Frazier. <laughs> impressive? Earl the Pearl. I'm like, y'all, you gotta go back to 1976, go back to 1967, because y'all ain't had nobody in your team. Melo don't do nothing but score. So, or Melo didn't do nothing but score. So, if it wasn't like a specific scoring record, then it don't matter to me because ain't nobody been doing nothing on your team. Since uh, Phil Jackson played for y'all. You know <laughs> what I mean? I'm like, I don't care about y'all records. Because they're going to none and void. Uh, y'all have Patrick Ewing. Y'all have Patrick Ewing. But that's what? Points and rebounds. Julius Randle ain't getting no points and rebound numbers. He over here getting points, rebounds, and like five assists. He's the first person to have uh, 40 points, um, uh, 12 rebounds with six assists. I'm like, come on now. Like, like. Patrick Union probably did that, but had three assists or something like that. You know what I mean? I'm like, he I probably got blocked. Not care about y'all, man. I don't care about the Knicks. The Knicks are annoying. Right. Like, how are you a oh. fan base and pretend to win? <laughs> <laughs> like, they don't even pretend to win because when they lose, they'll let you know how sucky the organization is, but they'll still come to every game. That's not. I, that's. Your facts, facts. Have That's you, not how you get leadership to change. They, they've been complaining. They've been complaining about their owner for years. Like he, he's legitimately trash, though. Like they have every right trash. to complain. I ain't heard about this man once this year. I mean, look, you, you low key haven't heard about him in two years since he's been chilling. I haven't he heard been chilling yeah, since, since the they, uh, who, who, who did he kick out the garden or who the uh, oh, man? I'm tripping. Oh, Oakley. Oakley. Ever since the Oakley incident. You ain't heard a peep. You ain't heard a peep. And he didn't kick him out, but it was the uh, it was the uh, security. But after that, if you talk bad on the Knicks or something like that, they would kick you out the garden, though. 
And like, like it was like it's been it's been like a thing for the last couple of years that I've heard about. Cause I listen to a lot of podcasters who like you know are you know uh, New Yorkers and they go to Nick games, whatever it is. And they're just like it's just a thing now. Uh, but it's very under the radar. If you don't he- if you don't follow these certain individuals or you're not in New York, you want to hear about it. And also, you got so many New York fans for whatever reason. Well, there's also obviously a reason in like uh, the media, and the media you know always wants to get the perception they want to give. So all of a sudden, if something like that, they're like, no, nah, sh- 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 sh. <laughs> keep it on the hush, hush. But but they start winning, and winning the sixth place. <laughs> like, let's, let's be real. They six in the east. This close from being in the play-in. They six in the east. This, they this not even losing in the play-in. They're not even killing. They winning, and all of a sudden, the skies opened up, and you know it's the second coming of Jesus Christ. I'm like, this is so stupid, man. I mean, fairness though, like I'm, I'm kind of happy that you know Julius Randle is getting his praise now because like he's been good for a minute, but like yeah. people didn't want to recognize it for real. Hey, and I'm not gonna lie, that's also like a Knicks ish switch up that I don't really like. Can we pull up his stats for like the past three years? Because I feel like he's been on the verge of double doubles for like the past three years, where it's been like good productive numbers. And I, I get that his efficiency went like up. What'd you say? I don't think it's been a verge. I think he legitimately has. Yeah, and I know his like efficiency and everything is going up this year because it's like his career year. But like, I'm pretty sure if we look at the numbers, this is like on trajectory for the point where this is about the time for him to become an all star. That pretty much tracks. Yeah, like his really the biggest change in his numbers. Looking at it, is his three-point shooting shot up, like, percentage-wise. Yeah. And he's getting a lot more assists, which may or may not just be the result of, like, better teammates or something. Um, like, dudes getting better as well as, like, having new, better new players come through or something. But otherwise, yeah, this isn't... Like, the the idea that he could do this isn't as far-fetched when you look at his numbers. Yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I watched him against the Pelicans the other day, and he was hitting some ridiculous shots. I was like, my He's a high-level dude, bro. He's a high-level dude. He's a high-level dude who won't win a championship. Let's get it right. He's high-level, but, like, he's not elite. Yeah, that's why I say a high-level. <laughs> I know, but people act like he's elite, though. You know what I mean? And I'm like, you know, he elite. Like, so technically he elite. Like he's got the numbers. He ain't getting no chance. He didn't get no chip though. Hey, chips don't. Every make elite. You. We can have this conversation all day yeah. long. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. But guess like, what? The most the... elite get at least one. <laughs> you said the most elite. Mm-hmm. So you're talking about the one percent of the. And Julius Randle's about to be the <laughs> most elite of the. Julius Randle is legitimately about to be up there in the history books as. One of the most elite Knicks ever, <laughs> like like legit, like he's about to be one of the most elite of a franchise's history. And when I say most elite, Julius Randle, by the time mm. this year ends, and let's say the Knicks, I don't know, is he, I don't think he's gonna be a free agent, is he? I I don't think so. I, I thought he signed a contract last year, but I could be wrong. Gives up for tips this semi level up for another year, just one more year. Julius Randle is going to be a top five 
top four Nick ever. Bro, so you telling me they're they're starting all time starting five is Earl the Pearl Monroe, Walt Frazier, Carmelo Anthony, Julius Randle, and Patrick Ewing. Yeah. That's that actually a- sounds like a fun lineup, I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea what Fra- Ray- Ray- Walt Frazier. Thank you. I have no idea what his. Walt well, Frazier's the guy who does commentary from right. Who right. Always goes, he always goes, "Uh, with the spectacularness." <laughs> that guy's commentary is nuts. Like Walt Frazier's commentary is the exact opposite of the Charlotte Hornets commentary. Like there's all oh. Hornets commentary. Yeah. Oh my God, he just walked on water. Like that guy be wilding, and I love every single moment of it because let that man be a fan. You know what I mean? That man a fan, and the Hornets. They fun to watch. Look, Mal Bridges, that man don't just dunk. That man be breaking the rim. And then LaMelo was doing all the fancy stuff. Like, let that man be a fan. But Walt Frazier is the complete opposite of that man. That man is, ooh, he went up there with the dastardly exuberance of, uh, I'm like, man, (laughs) with his bright, Steve Harvey suits. <laughs> like, hey, but that's Ralph Frazier. I ain't gonna, ain't let you go. Ain't gonna let you get on unk like that. That's Ralph Frazier. Hey, my unk. He's just a cool old man. Uh, hey, oh, but I did hear his takes. Like they were, they were talking about um, they talked. Somebody was talking about him with the about like the goat conversation, right? Mm-hmm. And I always love old heads. Maybe talking about like the goat conversation for certain things. Well, old heads that are kind of stuck in the time because he was like, because they're like. He's like, what's the criteria for a GOAT? And that makes sense, right? He goes, so it's like, he doesn't think Michael Jordan's the GOAT. He was like, he wasn't the best scorer ever. He he wasn't the most dominant ever. He wasn't the most, uh, you know, he wasn't the most uh, winningest ever. But everybody he mentioned didn't play past 1980 <laughs> or something like that. He was like, he only mentioned Wilt Chamberlain, Oscar Robinson, and Bill Russell. And I'm just like, yeah, he taking one for the homies. You know what I mean? He like the only one alive. He like, he like he doing. Oh, Bill Russell alive. My bad. But he taking the one for the. Oh, I think Oscar Robinson is too. Yeah, he's he, like the, they're alive. They're just old. All of the people you mentioned. Are. <laughs> oh, I forgot. Will oh, I forgot? Will died because he probably had some STDs or something. Shut up. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> am I lying? Shut up. You heard the story. <laughs> I look. I went to University of Kansas. I can say what I like. I went to University of Kansas. I'm alumni with this man. Ah, uh, granted, I don't know if he graduated or not. He probably got like, an honorary or something like that. But uh, there, you know, college, you know, they like, got they, they were usually there for like four years back then. No, oh, okay. Well, he, well, he, he, but this man was over here playing in the Negro Leagues. He a Harlem Globetrotter. I don't know what this man's life was. Uh, but you know, he died very early, and I'm like, like he died in the '90s, and Will Chamberlain is like, or not Will Chamberlain, uh, but Russell's still alive. I'm just like, it's crazy. <laughs> That's but why like, you ain't out there. <laughs> what you were saying, though, is a conversation I've actually had with my dad from time to time about how, like, you start looking, like, you can like you can make an argument based on, like, certain accolades or, like, the record books or what have you. That Like, there's you can make that argument. Now, whether or not it is the best argument to use is a separate thing, right? Because, like, he doesn't have the most rings, right? Bill Russell's got those. 
right? The most records is, of course, Wilt Chamberlain, who was a person that, like, you hear about him. It doesn't make sense that he actually existed. But, like, it's really like it's him like he the flash. It said they really explain what, uh, Wilt Chamberlain, like he's the Flash or something. Like, he's superhuman. I mean, he was. I mean, but, <laughs> like, I also, it's like, um, so I was listening to, I was, I was listening to, to chess commentary recently, uh, and they were talking about, like, the all-time greatest chess players, right? Mm-hmm. And they were, like, talking about, like, how do you, how, how do you know who is the best, right? Because chess, like, all of the sports, there's eras, right? And they're like, how do you know the? How do you know who's the best? No, this person never played this person because this person was 20 years later, 40 years later, so on and so forth, 100 years later. And the chess expert was like, all you can really do is compare them to their counterparts, compare them to their peers, because they were the norm at that time. So if you compare their skill level to what was normal at that time, then you can kind of uh, have an idea of just, like, the impact this person was able to do because, like, you know, they had the same kind of uh, training equipment as that person next time. They had the same kind of coaching as that person at that same time. And you can take that from Michael Jordan uh, towards the people in his era, Will Chamberlain for the person in his era, and it kind of puts them in the same category to be able to at least kind of compare them in that aspect. I know mm-hmm. basketball is a little bit different, but I know sports in general is a little mm-hmm. bit different, uh, but I think taking that line of thinking and putting it towards basketball per se is a healthy way to think about it though. Yeah. Because a lot of people try to say like, um, yeah, uh, Will Chamberlain was playing against little small Jewish guys. So was everybody else. <laughs> you know, like everybody else at the time was doing the exact same thing. Side note, I also ran across something that the average height in the league wasn't that much smaller than it currently is back then. Exactly, but, right? Also, like ten people in the league. So. But at the end of the day, like <laughs> to get, but but like those ten people at that sport <laughs> was the elite of that sport at that time. Yeah. So like, it's not just like Will Chamberlain was the only guy playing against these guys. The whole world who played basketball was playing against these same people, and they didn't make it to the levels of Will Chamberlain. And so like, you have to kind of just compare it in that kind of way. Um, yeah. And I. I don't know. I kind of just got into chess commentary recently, and I was like, "Oh, it's kind of helpful in a lot of different situations." <laughs> right. So, because like, but it's like also it's one of them things where you start talking about like who's the go, right? And like the dudes who make it into the conversation. I like, never. Even... There's that. I wasn't <laughs> going there, um, but like, especially in their eras, and like probably in most eras that you put them in, in all likelihood. They were monsters, right? They were, like, you, you you look at their numbers, if you can, like, actually, like, dig up a game or whatever, they were far and away the coldest dudes of their era. Like, there's, like, nobody in their era could stop them. Yeah. Like, they could try, right? Like, you you could try to stop Jordan. You could try to stop Dr. J or Wilt or... Like, any of these other dudes we talk about, Magic. But, like, good luck. <laughs> right? <clears throat> and it's really funny, because, like, I don't know. It's just, uh, I know it's a basketball podcast, but it's hard to 
excuse me, it's hard to make these comparisons with like a lot of other sports because a lot of other sports were much more segregated, like much more segregated for a much longer, longer amount of time than basketball was. Um, uh, so you can be like, so, so like for instance, like people like say Babe Ruth, whatever. It's like, yeah, Babe Ruth never played against a black people though. He never played against black people at all. Uh, but like in basketball, Bill Russell's playing against black people and white people, right? Bill Russell's playing against everybody and he's still dominating everybody. Like, the numbers that those two put up in comparison to everybody else are atrocious. Like, it truly makes, like, they truly sound superhuman. Um, and Will Chamberlain, there's no three-point lines, all that kind of stuff. And it's, you know, I, I find it mind-boggling. And then you could also find, like, the stats that, like, current players do. That's, mind, that's just as mind-boggling now. Some of the stats are inflated of course right mm -hmm. but that one series in the finals where lebron was a leading scorer the leading rebounder the leading assist for both teams that is a mind-boggling stat like it truly is ridiculous now that, that was against a dynasty so like even nowadays you have people that fall in line with these like you know these crazy stats that just truly don't make any sense for a person to be able to do uh but Wilt stats are stupid. <laughs> like, I don't even know how to come. Like, so someone's like, the all-time greatest player is Wilt Chamberlain. I'm never going to say no, because Wilt Chamberlain might have be the greatest athlete that's ever existed in, like, the, in like a modern era since. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but getting slightly more to the Knicks and more to the, what we were talking around, because I'm as I'm sure y'all have heard Stephen A. in particular say, but, you know, in the... Uh, media, do you think that the that the league is better when the Knicks are good? I have to be honest with you. I think I am just young enough where that question is super irrelevant for me because I don't remember a time. And when it did happen ten years ago, I was younger. I was like fifteen, and that just meant Melo going crazy. And they just kind of. Made Melo, Melo seem like a villain for a year, for like two years. So I have no idea what it's really like for the Knicks to be good and what that means for everybody else. I don't know what better means in that situation. Like the league's better. The league's, I can say definitively, the league is quote unquote better when the Lakers are winning. I can say that, like, but like, I can say that for like three teams maybe maybe lakers uh celtics um i mean i don't know like there's, there's literally like only like three or four teams that you could put up there um and i don't think the knicks are one of them because the knicks have been good the knicks have been truly good not sixth place 2021 good but truly good in my lifetime or not in my lifetime, that I can remember while watching basketball consciously. One or two years with Melo. And might be I think really it was only I think it was really only like that first year. That first the, year, right? They, they were like best, one of the best records in the league. Uh all kinds of stuff. It was when the Novak was playing for them and shooting them three. Yeah. It was that year. I've had a great time watching the NBA when the Olympics haven't been good. And then the league has prospered when they haven't been good because a lot of people want you to believe that the nba is 
A lot of people want you to believe that the NBA is uh, the prosper or the, the how much the league prospers depends on organizations, but it's player driven. That's all it is. It's player driven. And whenever LeBron's good, the league's good. Point blank, period. There's no if, answer, buts about it. When LeBron was good for the Cavaliers, the league was good. He was in Ohio. <laughs> the Knicks don't need to be good. But Stephen A. Smith would, of course, say that because he's a huge Knicks fan. So that's like he's like a, he's, a, he's a homer. And ESPN has a base in New York. And ESPN has a – anywhere that ESPN has a base, New York, Florida, L.A., they're going to say the league's better when anybody in that area is better. What about no, Boston? I'm not going to say that. What about the Clippers? <laughs> but <laughs> – I said, what about the Clippers? I, 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 I kind of have to go with that. Actually, I don't remember a time for real when the Clippers were really bad and I was watching the league. So, Man, I just knew they sucked. The Clippers, I've been watching the league. I, I've, I've been adamantly watching the NBA <clears throat> since 2008. And the Clippers got good or fun to watch at least. In 2009 or 10? 2009, yeah. I would say. Lob City was tight. <laughs> like, no, like, Lob City was, I don't <laughs> care who won championship. Lob City was, ooh, that was different. Like, that was cool. Like, I love that. And Kawhi, I love, Kawhi laughs and people pay attention. <laughs> this man was on the bench the other day, and somebody, I think Mark Cousins said something to him. And he snickered and laughed. And they zoomed in on them. Oh, look at Kawhi. <laughs> the Knicks got it too. You know what I mean? But in the, or the Clippers got it. But obviously, it's more like the Lakers, and obviously, it's more like Miami Heat. Uh, ever since uh, the Big Three happened, uh, and then you know New York, they're just annoying in general. So like, it's like all them teams. So whenever it's for all sports, whenever those three places are doing better, the countries or they're gonna say the sports are best when those teams are you know on a higher level. Which is stupid, but yeah. <clears throat> All right, I got a question for y'all. All right. Um, how many players from the Knicks can you name right now? Just like just the guess, just the guess without looking it up, just the guess. Out of the fifteen people that are on the roster, how many can you name? Five. Five. I'd probably max out at five and probably not that if I'm honest. And I just scrolled through the roster, not paying any attention to a single name I saw. Okay. <clears throat> so uh, let's play a quick game. So just said five. I got the roster in front of me. I want to see how many people y'all can guess correctly that mm -hmm. actually play for the Knicks currently. Okay. Uh, Julius Randle. No, I'm, I'm asking. I'm going to ask you a player. I'll oh. ask you a player, and you okay. answer. Oh, it's a TNT game. Got you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Alec Burks. Yes. Okay. He's injured, but yes. Oh, you just you just watched the Knicks like a couple of days ago. I don't like this game. You cheating. Um, well. Oh, he's yeah. also from Kansas City. What are you talking about? I, I know. I know. Jared Harper. No. No. Incorrect. Well, 
Jay Hartford. Wait a minute, 15 man on the bench. Uh, Reggie Bullock. Yes. Yes. Okay. Hmm. I don't know if you guys get this one. Norvell Pell. I'm going to no. say no. Okay. <laughs> Y'all wrong. Y'all wrong. <laughs> he Wait, really? Yeah. Uh, no, these practice players. <laughs> hey, Taj Gibson. Yeah. Why is he, still, is he in still there? Yeah, he is. <laughs> Why is Taj Gibson still in the league? Listen, when you, listen when you a Thibodeau what? guy, Thibodeau going to get you a job. Bro, this man thirty six. Uh, this man was on, just like Derrick Rose. Thibodeau or Taj Gibson's been on all three teams Thibodeau's coached for as a head coach. The Bulls, Minnesota, and the Knicks. And this <clears throat> so this is how I know Taj Gibson just a dog. Cause you you know he's just throwing his body around in practice. Against Julius Randle? Like you you know that's what's happening. They just bang it. They yeah. Just, like three hours a day. It was hilarious. No, you know what's not hilarious, but kind of hilarious? That Obi uh, got drafted, uh, and he passed to play behind Julius Randle, but no one knew Julius Randle was going to go off like this. So, like, he's getting, like, hardly as much clock as he should be for, like, a young player. Right. Well, it was supposed to be a bad team. Hey, yeah. I, I have not really watched the Knicks at all this year, but if he plays as well as he dunks balls in dunk contests, Maybe he should be backing up Julius Randle for about another season or two. No, he actually does play really well. But also, remember he 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 was old. A dra- he was old, pretty drafted, drafted pretty old. Oh, okay. So, um, but he yeah he I mean he plays well. Um, he just happens to be playing behind a guy who's literally third in the MVP race. So he can't you know sometimes you, sometimes that's how the cookie crumbles. You know what I mean? You can't you know you can't do much about it. Uh, but I, I'm sure he's cool with that paycheck though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Was that, was that top top three money? Yes. Uh, was he number three? He was number, number like two. top. He's not number three. No, he's like <clears> number five. He's like number five. Yeah, like yeah, like I thought it was like number five. Lottery money. I don't know what that's like. Let's just say that. <clears throat> so we don't got. Yeah. Yeah. Correction. He was eighth. Eighth. Still. <laughs> that's still lottery money. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. So. Let's go ahead and move a little bit into something a little bit more fun, I guess. Um, Chet Holmgren. He spent 46 minutes trashing the Knicks. Uh, it's, it's the Knicks. That's what they deserve. Um, but <laughs> moving on, Chet Holmgren has finally uh, committed to Gonzaga University, replacing his former teammate, Jalen Suggs, as their prized freshman how are you guys feeling about this? What? A white man going to Gonzaga? Crazy. No, um, <laughs> um, I don't know. A tall, skinny, a tall, a tall, skinny. Nah, let's, let's wrap this up. I don't even watch high school basketball. Calvin, this question was for you. <laughs> so, <laughs> like, um, it'll, dang it, I had more thoughts a second ago, but like, it's kind of, like it's one of those things it was kind of expected for a while now that he commit to Gonzaga um unless like I missed something it's my understanding of course of one of Gonzaga's longtime assistants uh 
recently became the new head coach of Arizona. Yeah. Um. So like, I I don't I don't really know what to make of that as far as how Gonzaga will do going forward, but his he does have like he's got an interesting game from what I've seen. He's he's much better about getting low on the ball than a lot of other dudes his size who try to handle. So like I'd make the argument from that alone that he probably that he has better handles than most of those dudes. Um but like he'll he's he's one of like the biggest concern like you'd probably raise is just like dudes a stick. Yeah. Right? Mind you, he used to be smaller. But like he he's a he's a stick. Right. Test question. Yes. I haven't seen one highlight of him shooting a jump shot, but everybody calls him Kevin or comparison to Kevin Durant. How what's the deal with that? So like it's it's my opinion. Like he's not Durant because basically no one is Durant, of course, but like it's probably the best comp. It's not Giannis? It's surely not Giannis. No, surely not Giannis. Young Giannis. No. Surely not even young Giannis. Why? Young Giannis, it was obvious that young Giannis was supposed to be a wing. At like we we knew he was supposed to be a wing. This dude, like, that's like, not really what you're getting out of it. Like he, you don't think he's a? I don't think he's a perimeter player, especially not a full time so, perimeter player. Uh, apparently, my understanding is apparently part of why he committed to Gonzaga is that like, I guess he was willing to use him at the three, which. I'm, the thing is, I'm not like I've only really seen one game to really judge his game off of. Yeah. And he does a lot of things, and he and the thing is, he does them well. Like I'm not trying to take that. Um. But if you're trying to be like, what's like, what's his clear position? It's a bit less clear. Like he's he's super because of his size, right? He, like especially like once he gets the lead, and he ends up having to stick those dudes with more size on them and as big as him, he's going to struggle. In fairness, like he's got it seems like he has solid like shot blocking instincts, but like there's that's not gonna do much when you're in foul trouble. Um but like he he can play in the post and he can he has some perimeter skill. Um he's got good like he's got legitimately good handles for a dude his size. His passing is eh, it's fine. Like it's 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 about what you would expect from a player, right? It's not terrible, but like he's not he's not the dude to wow you with passes. But that's not really what you would have him do anyway. Um. So, like it's it's definitely a good get, of course. It'll be interesting to see how he's used. But like p- part of why I feel like Kevin Durant's the best comp is just kind of like he's the only dude kind of in the same. Like if you're trying to like. Be like, this is a be like, all right, what kind of prototype do you feel or like what's your style of play? While it's not an exact match, it's the closest you're getting because they're the only dudes that are both as tall as they are, as scrawny as they are, and have the combination of skills that they do. Okay, because I just wasn't sure if it was I just wasn't sure if it was lazy comparisons because in uh, you remember when Zion was coming out and they were comparing him to LeBron? And that was how very, very, very lazy comparison when, on all honesty, he was obviously more of a Blake Griffin type. 
I wasn't sure if this was the exact same case because, I mean, I was sure it was, but I wasn't sure at the same time because, once again, every highlight is non-shooting. It's all handle and getting to the rim and dunk. Uh, so I yeah. was like, and I'm not going to lie to you, I've watched a lot of Who mixtapes in my day. I've watched a lot of basketball highlights and of high schoolers specifically. And the ones where you have no jump shot from the very beginning and it's all athleticism, 80% of the time, you fizzle out. Philip, I'm going to be real with you. This is not a prospect where we were looking at um, all you have is athleticism. <clears throat> like, um, I'm in a completely different camp than Calvin on Chet Holmgren. I think he is, <clears throat> without a doubt, between the four classes. And, yeah, between the four classes, he is the most dominant high school player that we have. Like, no one is going to put up the production and the numbers that he can at every type of event. Like, I saw him play at Pango's All-American camp against all of, like, the big-name five- and four-stars that were there. And <clears throat> there are, of course, aspects where it's like I would like to see more of him. Like, uh, at the All-American camp, I feel like he didn't have the strongest lineup of bigs to play against. I think he played against, like, Jabari Smith, who was a five-star going to uh, Auburn. And I think he's, like, top ten in the nation so he had competition but like in that single event i would like to have seen him play against somebody who was on his team like michael foster where we're talking about like another big burly like six nine 220 pound looks like a nba player already type dude uh but i think with just like looking at the weight of it even when we take the weight out we're looking at probably the best shot blocker in all, all of high school basketball. Like, I have yet to see, like, a a good stat line where he doesn't have at least, like, seven blocks. He's, like, super long, um, and it's, like, long to the point where it affects guys who were, like, 6'9 and taller who are super athletic. And I, I think that's where his biggest piece is. And um, for anybody who was calling him Kevin Durant, I don't know why we're playing this mm. game. I don't, we and, and I'm not trying to say anything mm-hmm. negative about you. This is oh, my no, feeling. <clears throat> what I have seen from him on the perimeter is it is a really good handle, but it is almost more Kristaps Porzingis than Kim Durant. Like KD has an Allen Iverson crossover, like where he really gets down and like does the move. I don't think we're seeing that out of Trent Homer, mainly because to for that move to work, you also have to have a level of quickness at your size that's just kind of disrespectful. And I don't think Chet Holmgren has that. But I think he has like he has the handle, like Calvin said. He has a really good ha- handle for his position. He can first off, Rosinkus is a good one. I didn't think about that one. That's a good one. It, it, it makes more sense. The handle. It's the handle. The shot, I don't know. The handle, it makes a lot of sense. And and I'm thinking, and I'm I'm not even thinking, like, full all-star mode, uh, whatchamacallit. Just, like, based off what I'm seeing at this point, I'm thinking, like, when he was with the Knicks. 
Like, you know how we were all like, this dude is still cold when he was playing with the Knicks, but there's yeah. clearly like another level. Like, I, I think that's the type of guy that we're looking at right now. And if that body doesn't come together, like, um, when, when it comes to prospects, I am like a, a, you know, there's like certain builds that work. And for a really long, skinny guy, if your shoulders are narrow, I'm always a little worried because you don't, you just don't have a wide base. And you know who has wide bases? NBA fours and fives. Like they're not small dudes. And that's that's like my whole ish, issue with him as like a prospect. I just don't really know how his body's going to fill out. But fabulous high school player. I think he's going to make his mark. Um, at Gonzaga, no problem. And probably, if he does not finish as a lottery pick, he will be first round. Easy. That, that's just my little spiel on him. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like Chet. I'm just... It's little, yeah. it's little yeah, things so that I make you worry. Give a disclaimer. Mm-hmm. I like I, I have to. I have to because I, I know how I can harp on, like, certain little things. It's, it's part of the job, yo. It's part of the job. Hey, man. Hey, I trust you more than I trust <laughs> other people because these other people got agendas. You over here just telling how it is. Yeah. My uh, ear is hot talking about that young man. I hope his ear is hot, too. We we like you out here, Chad. It's all good. Go like ahead, show, show me like wrong, us. bro. I like being wrong sometimes. I missed on Anthony Davis. <laughs> I was also 15, but, you know, I missed. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Do y'all have anything else? I'm going to go front. I don't got nothing. Yeah. You ain't got nothing? You ain't got a feels four? Feels four? Yeah, that's that's what we called it. Oh, okay. Shoot. Okay, let let me do this real quick. I got a feel four reason why I hate Steph Curry. All right, I'm gonna go. All right, here we go. Let me let, let, let me let me adjust this real quick. Let me put this on my desk. Let me do this real quick. Right. Hey, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Try not to curse so much, because I, I know how you get when you get into it. Don't, I don't curse. Okay, go ahead, get it. Found the pocket. I don't know. Uh, okay. So I hate Steph Curry, right? And I hate Steph Curry for a multitude of reasons. And for today, we will talk about four of these reasons. So, the first reason I hate Steph Curry is uh, he ruined the game of basketball. Now, is Steph Curry fun to watch? Yes, he is. But how did he ruin the game of basketball? Well, he has every single kid playing bad basketball. Because every single kid wants to shoot these nonsense threes uh, because they see Steph Curry do it on TV. Now... Why they ruin basketball? Because not everybody's Steph Curry. Not everybody should pull up, pull up on a three on a two-on-one fast break. Not everybody's Steph Curry. So he's making people, you know, stop thinking uh, in terms of basketball IQ, and they start doing things that their skill set and their thought processes shouldn't allow them to do so. That's one reason I hate Steph Curry. Two, I hate uh, the second reason I hate Steph Curry. Uh, uh, to be a bit more articulate uh, is uh, I hate his basketball swag. Now, when somebody's a game winner, I want a stink face. Mm, you know what I mean? I want, I want 
you know, I want them to just, you know, Dame Lillard wave goodbye. I want LeBron hit the chest, uh, you know, boom, boom, boom. I want, you know, I want a, a Kobe Bryant, you know, Tiger Woods just fist pump, stick it, go on. Steph Curry basketball swag is so suburban. I'm like, what are you doing? Why is your swag so garbage? You shoot a jump shot and you start wiggling your shoulders and turn around and smiling and doing airplanes like you a a spoon trying to go into a little kid's mouth. But grow up. You out here, be hard. I can tell you grew up in the suburbs. I can tell your dad was in the league. You ain't got no tough basketball bone in you. I ain't messing with it. All right, that's number two. Number three is because he created another caliph. He was he's part. This isn't all just him. It's the Golden State Wars in general. Created a or added to, I should say, the nonsense, low basketball IQ. California legacy. Listen, California already had the Lakers. The Lakers, Laker fans do not know basketball. They Just like how in baseball, the Yankee fans don't know about, don't know about baseball. Laker fans do not know about basketball unless it is about the Lakers. We, we only need a couple of those in sports. The Celtics are like that. Uh, I'm assuming the Bulls in the 90s were like that. And the Lakers have been like that. Golden State of the last, man, oh boy, eight years now? <coughs> Excuse me. The Golden State is the exact same thing. He added to the annoying California fan base of not knowing basketball, but only knowing basketball about your team. <coughs> I am, I hate it. I hate it, right? Say so and once again, this is not just Steph Curry's fault. <clears throat> Draymond added to this too. Clay, I love you, but you add to this too. <clears throat> the fandom behind Golden State is an annoyance, and Steph Curry, you know, razzling dazzling, like Walt Frazier likes to say, added to that as well. Hold on, I'm about to. That's number three. <laughs> Number four, Steph Curry's a bit overrated. Steph Curry is the best, the greatest shooter we've ever seen, right? Off screens and off the dribble. He is the best shooter to ever come into the NBA. There was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But in terms of everything else, because basketball is more than just that in one aspect, you can argue that you would much you you can argue that you could have uh that you would rather take Dame Lillard than Steph Curry. You can make that argument. Dame Lillard does the exact same things. He's just not as flashy. When Dame Lillard got drafted, the big thing about Dame Lillard was he comes off the screen, makes the right decisions, shoots when he needs to shoot, drives when he needs to drive. High basketball IQ. Steph Curry, basketball IQ, gets bailed out because of 
the 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 shooting aspect, the skill of shooting. He, he gets bailed out all the time because of his, his shooting ability. His basketball IQ is not all the way there. And so I'm looking at me like that. His basketball IQ is not all the way there, right? You can, and once again, you can argue that Dame Lillard does everything just as well as Steph Curry. Everything percentage-wise, shooting too. Does Dame Lillard shoot the ball, then turn around before the ball goes to the rim? No. But does it go in? Yes. Showmanship. Steph Curry has a different kind of showmanship, but in terms of skill, a bit overrated as an overall basketball player. Dame Lillard has done a lot with worse teams. Dame Lillard's percentages are almost just as good as Steph Curry's in terms of shooting. And I mean in the mid-range, I mean in the three, and at the free throw line. Dame Lillard gets as many rebounds. Dame Lillard gets just as many assists. But does Dame Lillard get the talk that Steph Curry gets? No. Why? Showmanship. Well, if you're a, ba- if you're a smart basketball fan, you don't need to know. You, you, you can look past the showmanship. The showmanship doesn't necessarily need to encapture you to know what truly matters at the core of basketball. So that's Phyllis Ford. And if I had to just tell you one thing to conclude everything, be smart when it comes to your knowledge base about basketball and don't get distracted by the fog and the facades, the showmanship. Substance is where it's at. And Seth Curry is an elite, is, a, is, a, is elite when it comes to showmanship. But when it comes to everything else, minus the all-time great shooting, which is like, but when it comes to the rest of the package of basketball, make your choice. That's, that's Philip, y'all. That's that's a good field sport. This, that's my favorite one. I know we've only done two, but that's my favorite one so far. We got to have more of these, bro. You feel a very angry Stephen A. Smith. I love, <laughs> I love the energy. Bro, that was off the top of the dome, too. I know. I, know. Like, I thought about it. <laughs> like, I'm going to lie to you. I thought about it. <laughs> well, uh, man, that, that was therapy. <laughs> Get that off my chest. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. Let's go ahead and get out of here. Calvin, you got anything else that you want to share with us? Nah. All right. That's the captain telling us we out of here. Uh, I am your host, Alan Pettigrew. This has been the Traveling Hoopers podcast, and we're going to go ahead and get to closing. So, my friends, go ahead and say your piece. Uh, once again, you know, I'm Calvin McGowan. It's always a pleasure, and thank you all for sticking with us to this point. If you, of course, can listen to us wherever you listen to your podcast, if you're joining us on YouTube, you know, like, share, subscribe, leave something in the comments, and, you know, enjoy the rest of your week. Yep, my name is Philip Dixon, a.k.a. LeBron Got Complex Handshakes, and, um, uh, you know, if you love me, if you hate me, just go to www.brotherabe, B-R-O-T-H-A, another A, B-E.com, and look at some of my short films, some of my short scripts. Spread the word that I'm the funniest man around. 
uh, uh, when it comes to this thing, because you might as well hop on early, because you hop on too late, <laughs> the train leaving without you. It would be crazy. 